Hey guys, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Yesterday, I talked about an email I'd gotten from a listener about how do I know it's done? How do I get to that point of just trusting myself, knowing that my wish is fulfilled? And I talked about in that last episode about playing, practicing. I, that wasn't an original idea for me. I'd gotten that from uh, a very kind gentleman on Facebook. And he suggested doing that, just practice and start to notice what, what you did, how you imagined it, how you felt, and pay attention to you know, what you call failures and successes, the things, you know, how they come about after you've imagined them. And that was one of the best ways for me to get comfortable with myself, my imagination. And another thing that helped me, and I think it'll help you too, is to look around, look at the evidence. It's all around you. Everything you're experiencing, even that shithead at the office, is a reflection of your imagination. Even the asshole spouse is a reflection of your imagination. Start to notice what you're experiencing and trace it back to your assumptions, what you assume to be true about yourself and your world. And by deciding to notice, by making that decision to start noticing, you will start noticing. It will become abundantly clear to you. You'll see clearly that connection between your imagination and what you experience in the physical arena. Your imagination is God. You are God. And so by just deciding a thing and sticking to your decision, it will come about. You've been doing this your entire freaking life. We just didn't realize it. We go mo- through our lives thinking we're separate and small and those people are, are filthy or less than us or I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. We think in terms of separateness and smallness, but we're not. You are not separate and small. You're not less than and no one is greater than. And I use the term God uh, initially when I first started studying Neville and for a while after I started. The term saying that imagination is God, we are God, I would be taken aback a little bit because of my preconceived notions, how I was raised to believe God, who God was. And whether you were raised in the church or not, you have an idea of God, what people call their God, what, de- depending on what part of the world they're in or what religion they are, what God, what that term means to them under different names. I don't have that catch in my breath anymore, that little doubt or worry about using that term. I wish we could just yank the damn thing out of our vocabulary, the word God, G-O-D. Just look it up. Look up the word God. It's not the name of God. (laughs) It's not the name of the supreme being. That's not that old. Check the etymology. Do a word search, look up, go to Google and word origin for God. And you'd be surprised maybe, maybe you won't, where it came from. 
those letters, that combination of letters. And now we say that's God, as if that's this person's name, this being out there. And even the Greek and Latin words, theos and deus, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. I don't care. But those words that you know, we've come to recognize me as having something to do with God, this God of the Hebrews and the God of the Christians. But those words were around way before that, using used them for other gods. And it, so it, they're just labels. They're just words that were labels that were put on things to represent the way people understood it. And at some point, you know, the ancient writings tell you, even before the Hebrews, the story of the Hebrews, and even more older writings about I am created the universe, animates the universe. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says, I am that I am. He didn't say, my name is God. My name is the Lord. Those are words we put to represent this thing that we didn't understand, this almighty, all-powerful, all-loving presence. But it tells us right there in the Bible, it's I am. It's to be. It's being. And Neville over and over tells you that that is God. When you say I am, that's God. And you say I am this or that, that's God imagining. That's Christ. That is the power and wisdom of this beingness, this divine imagination, if you will. So I still use the word God because I know what that means to me now. It doesn't have the connotations that it used to have. There's not a, some separate being out there judging us, checking off on a little scorecard our good deeds and our bad deeds and our, ooh, our dirty thoughts and our lovely thoughts and ready to toss us in a, into eternal punishment. He's God, if, if that person, if that was a separate being out there, God the Father who loves everybody and God is love, why would he torture, punish us for the rest of eternity <laughs> for not saying the right sentence in the, in the right church? Come on. It says in the Bible, it's I am. It's awareness of being. And you can condition this all-powerful, all-loving presence, this beingness, into anything you want. The good, the bad, and the indifferent. And you never need to ever study the Bible or any ancient writings to understand that it's all you. That what you're imagining to be true for you and your world is what you experience. So that's why for me, deciding to start noticing the connection between what I'm imagining and the experiences and what I previously thought was the separate world in the physical arena it worked so well for me, getting me to that point of realizing, really understanding how simple this is. We've been doing it our entire lives without effort, imagining wonderful things and really nasty things into existence without effort, by just assuming it's done, assuming this or that about ourselves and about the world. Everything. 
So don't think changing your life is difficult. I get it though. Initially, it was like I was so used to expecting the worst and thinking, well, some things are possible. Some things aren't so possible. You know, maybe this is, I can do things like this. I can fix relationships or emotional things, uh, but I can't fix physical things. Or I can heal myself, but I can't do anything about money. That's different because the economic system is the economic system, you know, right? We can't change that. We can't change the government. If that's what you assume, then okay. But the more you play, like I suggested yesterday, playing, practicing, noticing how you're imagining and how you're feeling when you do it and after that, and then looking around at the evidence that's all around you, everything around you is evidence of your imagination and noticing how you and what you're imagining and what you're experiencing in the physical arena, I promise you, you'll get to that point where this doubt or this lack of confidence just disappears. And you know that you are the operant power, that there is no being outside of you. There is nothing outside of you. And there's no one that can tell you that you can't have something or be something unless that's the way you set it up for yourself. Neville calls it the law of assumption, that imagining creates reality, that this wonderful law that we have here to get us you know, more and more awakening to imagination, to no imagination. He calls it our divine purpose that leads us to this remembering who we are. Like I said the other day, I don't, I'm, I don't care for the word awakening because, uh, I mean, it, it's appropriate the way I mean it because you're, awake, you're waking up from this sleep of death thinking you're small and separate. You are waking up. I like to call it remembering, though, this remembering who we really are. And I don't think you could help, but the more you use the law to get things, I really believe it's a natural thing, a process that happens without you even intentionally doing it. You start to realize, oh, oh, I think I really get it now. I can decide a thing. I can decide who and what I want to be and what I want to experience and stick to my decision. I can bring up that feeling of whatever that desire is fulfilled. How would it feel to be wealthy and wrap myself in that feeling, that identity, take on that identity, that feeling. And that feeling will bring about, it will objectify that state that, that would have created that feeling. You're just reversing the process. Instead of waiting for a cause outside of you to give you a yummy feeling, you take that feeling now and trust that that state will objectify, be objectified in your life. And the more and more you do this and intentionally altering the course of your life, you will remember who you are. Neville refers to this remembering as the promise, this total awakening when all memory has come back, knowing 
who you really are. But he studied the Bible for hours and hours on end, and he used that as his reference because there's a lot of good symbolic message uh, messages in the Bible talking about this. But don't let that don't get hung up on that, that his use of the Bible because this remembering who you really are is for all of us. Yours, your the symbols and the the way you perceive it could be totally different. But you know it when you know, when you get to that point where all the last shreds of doubt, little pieces of doubt, maybe maybe it's not true. All of that falls away, and you know. You've experienced what Neville talks about, that feeling, that experience, not necessarily these exact symbols, the, the way he experienced it, but the end result, that knowingness, that total recall of memory of who you really are is the same. I can't, I've, I was telling Kim the other night, uh, trying to come up with words to describe the feeling, the experience, and, and the imagery and everything about it, and uh, you know, words like wonderful and beautiful and awesome uh, are the words I came up with, but they're not, uh, they just, they don't do it justice. Love, but a love so expansive and saturating that I haven't found a synonym to express it properly. This unending love, this vastness of everything, all within me and you. And not you, not me, Mike, or you, Jim, Jimmy Joe, or Bobby Sue. your true self. And then things that used to seem so important and so uh, crucial to happiness seem so silly. Getting riches, getting fame, getting more likes on Facebook or more subscriptions on my podcast even, or anything that you use to judge your importance. All these things that we used to, that we think mean that, that we give value to or they give value to us checking how many likes we got and not just reactions on our facebook post but how many loved it how many liked it you know how many gave me a wow come on that doesn't give us value the money the number in the bank accounts and that's not the value of who you are how popular you are It's all silly. And I'm not talking about you get to a point where you want to become a monk and just sell everything and uh, shave your head and go live in the mountains. Although, uh, my head is shaved right now. <laughs> not It doesn't have anything to do with that, though. And I do love the mountains. But you don't want to dump everything because you're here for a human experience to remember who you are. But when I say the things that used to seem so important are silly, don't mean I don't want them. Of course, I want to live well and have love in my life and health for myself and my family and friends. 
I want to thrive here and I want those around me to thrive. But the way you look at it changes. You see how silly uh, things that used to seem so important are now. But love and vastness, expansiveness, I'll think of some other words, but love, love is great. Hmm. But back to what Neville calls the law. Play, practice, do some fun things. Uh, I got an email response from the woman who sent me the original email where she did what I suggested yesterday. And she is a wonderful story about deciding, like I just decided about the bluebird. She decided she wanted to see a black butterfly. And there was one butterfly this morning, I think, uh, at some point after she imagined that, after she decided she had wanted to see a black butterfly, that she saw a butterfly, black but with a yellow stripe. And she, at first she thought, well, maybe that'll count. That works. But then she decided, no, that's not what I wanted to see. I want to see a black butterfly. And of course she did. A, time, a little bit later, she saw the black butterfly. And it's just a butterfly, you say. Anybody can imagine that. Really? <laughs> of course you can. You can imagine anything. A million dollars, Ophir. My buddy Ophir wanted to know why. I told him, you know, avoid, you know, I didn't say avoid the dollar amount. I suggested stop thinking about it has to be millions and go for the state of wealth or wealth generator or wealthiness or fee, uh, financial freedom. I wanted him to get to that feeling without considering the dollar amount. But sure, you can imagine a, a million dollars or a black butterfly or a bluebird or a healthy body, or love, marriage. The same woman who sent me the email, the question about how do you know if it's done, and this wonderful tale about the uh, experience about the, the black butterfly, also had a very specific person in mind 30 years ago and decided that's him. And in spite of being told, no, that's impossible, not going to happen, she just knew it was done. She felt it click within her, and she knew it was done. So yeah, anything is possible. It's up to you, I'm telling you. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so beautiful and lovely and wonderful when you realize that really is up to you. Stop hedging yourself in with what you think is possible. Think of some, I want you to think of one crazy thing, like I talk about, absurdly irrational. Pick one absurdly irrational desire today and assume the feeling of that desire fulfilled today. Don't make it don't imagine it. Don't think of it. Well, next year I want it to be. No. Imagine you are that now. I don't care. Make it as, as absurdly irrational as possible, as you can think of. And assume that feeling. 
whether you come, you know, put yourself in an imaginal scene implying that wish is fulfilled, or just ask yourself, how would I feel if I were that right now? How would I feel if that were already true for me? And hold on to that feeling. Let that feeling become part of you, become you. Sustain that decision. Stick to the decision you made on what you want to experience and act from that new state of consciousness. Don't fake it till you make it. You're seeing the world from the state of that wish fulfilled. It changes your attitude and your reactions and how you see people, how you sleep at night. Everything changes. Slightly in some things. I mean, you're still, you, if you like fried chicken before you imagine having a $10,000 check, you're still probably going to like fried chicken living in that state of wealth. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's changes, definite changes in regards to that particular wish, moving from the state of lacking that to the state of being that. But remember, this whole notion of God, it's not some separate being. It is I am. So you decide. You fill in the rest of that sentence. I am poor. I'm sick. I'm terrified of COVID-19. I'm scared of being single the rest of my life. I'm scared of being married for the rest of my life. I'm scared the church will talk about me if they know what I'm learning. I'm scared what, what my family and, and the church will think of me if they know I want to leave my husband. So many people, they get caught up in the restrictions of tradition and society and family, and they think they have to put up with relationships they don't want to be in anymore. Everything still comes down to concept of self. But you can still decide, does that concept, that new concept of self include this other person who's been abusive and toxic? Or does my new concept of self is as a loved and loving partner have to include that other person? You decide. But don't let anything, uh, anything seemingly on the outside, church, tradition, society, family, they're only going to reflect what's going on inside you. So as long as you think that others will judge you or that others have any control over you, you will have that reflected back at you. Drop all of it. Play and notice. If you post this question, you know, if my friend who asked me that about how do you know it's done, if she were to post that in one of the Facebook groups, she would get so many dozens and dozens of answers and everybody knowing exactly do it this way, do it that way. I don't want to tell you to have to do it anyway. And if anybody ever tells you that you have to do it their way, run from that bullshit. Run from me if I ever tell you that. But do my way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> why would me telling you have it? Why would it matter? I'm only, I'm only reflecting what's going on inside you anyway. So don't give me any credit for anything you might discover about yourself from after listening to me. I'm only reflecting you. Trust yourself. 
before you look up another video or listen to another one of my episodes or buy another book or another program from some teacher, and there's a shitload of them out there, <laughs> before you buy into, into another guru, realize, trust that you are in control. And you decide what you want to experience. You want to be, to nail what Neville calls the law. You want to get good at it. A master manifester, if you will. And then decide that. Assume that you are. How would I feel if I, this were easy? If I actually actively, intentionally brought about the life I wanted on the things that used to seem small and the things that used to seem big. How would I feel if I were that? But why not go further? How would I feel if I experienced this oneness, what Neville calls the promise? How would I feel knowing with absolute clarity who I really am? Put it to yourself tonight as you go to bed, as you fall asleep. Decide what you want to experience. I think it's in Neville's lecture, He's Dreaming Now. He talks about that, where he'd gotten up in the middle of the night. Uh, it might be The World is a Dream. I'll put the link to that lecture in the, in the notes of this podcast. But he talks about how he woke up around 4 o'clock in the morning and decided he wanted to go back to sleep, but wanted to have a specific type of dream. And so he put it to his inner self. He wanted something new. He said, I want to experience something new, a dream, a vision, something that I've never experienced before. And I want it to mean something, really be good. And so he went back to sleep, trusting in his inner self. And he tells about this cool dream that he had where, you know, in his apartment building, getting off on the wrong floor. And at the end of it, he's like, how did this, why did this even come about? Why am I even having this dream? And he answers himself, his inner self. He says, well, you ask for it. <laughs> so trust yourself. Put it to yourself or whatever you want to experience. You want to really be a master at the law. Well, decide that you are. You want to experience what Neville calls the promise. Assume that you have. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.